Um, Scott, <laughs> I, I, this might, uh, if you could maybe answer this, uh, I know you're, you're cut on time, but you went on Jocko Wilnick's podcast. Yeah. Floored me, okay, because I'm like, I like Jocko, but I, we know what he is. And then you went on there and you did not pull punches and I did not feel that at all he was holding back. What was that like? And what was the atmosphere kind of after uh, the conversation? Was he receptive to, um, to, to your conversation? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, overall, I give it like an A minus. We got along fine. And um, we got to talk about a bunch of stuff. Um, on his side, the problem was, and I'll blame Daryl for this. Okay. Uh, we shouldn't have set the date until after the book was read. Oh, and God. what happened was we ran out of time. And look, this happened to me a lot of times. It was like in three hours, wasn't it? And huh? It was like three hours. No, but I'm saying we ran out of time before the interview oh, for okay. him to get the book read. Gotcha. So I think he got as far as Iraq War II. And he was like, oh, okay. He learned some things about Iraq War II that we talked about. But that's you really got to get past Iraq War II to Libya and Syria and Iraq War III and Yemen where now we're fighting on the side of Al-Qaeda against the Shiites because we're so mad that we put the Shiites in power in Iraq War II. So now we're trying to make up for that for backing Al-Qaeda suicide bombers all over the region and stuff. He, and so let's that's to the it, part. He kind of got it intuitively, though. He kind of knew that already. Just, nah, I noticed he was, no. less, he was no. less vocal if, on the last half of the podcast. Is that why? Uh, well, I think the last half we started talking more about Russia and stuff like that. But I think on the terror war stuff, what I'm trying to say is, Whatever he read that I wrote about Iraq, he probably was like, yep, that's true and bad. But if he had gotten into Libya, Syria, and Yemen, he'd have been throwing the book across the room and yeah. yelling, fuck. That's, that's what, the way the book is written. There comes a point where you say, I can't fucking believe this shit. What? And then it's clear why. You go, why? Because the Israelis hate the Shiites more. That's why. Why does America back Al-Qaeda suicide bombers? Because Israel hates the Shiites more. Say it with me. Israel hates the Shiites more. And so America fights on the side of Al-Qaeda suicide bombers in three wars and counting now in a row. And when you get to a certain point through the Syria chapter, you get to the point where now you get it. Now the light bulb goes off and now you understand why there's something to really be upset about here. It's not just that this yeah. isn't working. It's that we are doing the wrong thing. And in fact, we're fighting on the exact wrong side of the war in Libya, in Syria, in Iraq War Three. Well, no, not in Iraq War Three, but and in Yemen. Um, and so I wish I had told Daryl, wait, let's not set the date. Let's make sure that he's finished with the book. That way, when I get there, he'll either love me or he'll hate me, but he'll know exactly what he thinks. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Either either he's going to read it and be like, this kid doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, or he's going to read it and he's going to be like, fuck me running. Oh, my God. I can't believe what's been going on here. Right. Those are your two choices. Right. And he would, and he would push back on something you, that you'd be able you know? to huh? um, have. He would push back then on things he would disagree. Because Sure. And that was what, what I was going for yeah. was either he's going to be like, wow, I learned all this great shit in your book. Let's go over it. Is this really right? Is this really right? Or it's going to be like, wait a minute. You're making a lot of claims here. And I'm not sure this holds up to scrutiny. So let me push buttons and clarify and follow up. Right. That was what I was expecting was like either wow we let's go through this together or 
bullshit. Let's go through right. this together. Right. And that either way, it would be like a real productive kind of thing. Like, what are we really learning here that matters? Instead, what happened was I was just kind of pushing on a wide open door. Yeah. And he wasn't vouching for what I was saying and saying, yeah, that is right. But he also wasn't saying, no, that's not right. It was just he would say a thing and then I would say a thing. And then he would say a thing and then I would say a thing. But it wasn't really back and forth and really kind of chew over the stuff as much as I wanted. I wanted to leave there with him going, well, God damn, I guess me and everybody else are all a bunch of Ron Paul guys now, because what are you going to do? You know what I mean? I wanted it to be that productive yeah, yeah. where it was like, I've, I've really made a change here. We went through the story on the on the step by step and I gotcha. There's a point in my story where you go, damn, that really is right, isn't it? And I go, yeah, it is. And you go, damn, that ain't right, is it? And I go, no, it's not. You know, and that, you know, that didn't happen. So instead it was like, hi, welcome to my show. You may say whatever you like and we will have a nice time. And then that was, and then it was over. So it was like, okay. And then also, but so then here's the part that's my fault, really. And I should have led with this. This is the part that's really where I fucked up was, I was so hell bent on telling my Sunni Shia shit that when he started out with war is killing innocent people, guaranteed, no way to fight one without doing so. So it doesn't mean killing bad guys. It means killing women and children next to who you think might be bad guys. That's what it really means. And then he goes, and it's a government program. So it doesn't work. And the intel is bad. And the economic incentives are bad and the whole. So here I'm director of the Libertarian Institute. And instead of saying, yeah, exactly. And just essentially saying, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth and elaborating on that and talking about all the different economic reasons why war can't work for the same reasons that Hayek explains that central planning can't work when it comes to economic matters at home and all of these things. I didn't do that. Instead, I'm like, no, let's talk about the Sunnis and the Shiites. No, dude, he wants to talk about the economics of war. And I'm not listening, right? I'm like, no, I want to talk about the thing I want to listen to because I'm a fucking idiot. So So then when I listened to it later, it was like, okay, well, one, I really wish I had told Daryl, let's hold off and make sure he reads the whole book before we do this. And then two, I really wish, just like in in my debates with uh, Kushner and Crystal and Young, I really need to do a better job of listening to them instead of just waiting to say the thing that I want to say so damn bad because, and you know, part of my problem is I do smoke so much weed that I'm stupid and I lose my short-term memory. So if I'm thinking of something I want to say then I get really impatient because I'm afraid that I'm going to forget it and not be able to figure out where I was anymore or whatever like that. So then I just like want, I'm like hell bent on saying the thing I want to say and then I'm not listening at all. Like here's this guy talking about, if you think about it, central planning doesn't work. So why would it work for the military? Well, this is the most famous Navy SEAL in the world saying this. And instead of saying, ta-da, look, everybody, you know, this is exactly right. And let me count the ways and let me cite the scholars, right? Let me tell you about Robert Higgs. Let me tell you about Justin Raimondo. Let me, right? I just blew it. So I they, ignore, it. All, I, they I, ignore all the incentives. Right. I, I actually reviewed that podcast. I had it on one of my clip shows that I did, and I played multiple clips. Uh, and maybe I'll link it to this one because I, I think I actually played two of those spots where he has the idea of kind of the, the anarchy, and then he pushes back. So he has 
competing points of view that he presented. And I, I played both clips. I thought your uh, non pushing back on him was simply, you know what, we've got a, there's more that we need to have you agree about. This is one aspect that we can just kind of let go because it was not glaring, but I mean, you know, you're you and he well, was and saying just- Okay, Scott Horton, he goes on Jocko Wilnick. I don't know if you know Jocko. He's this meathead military guy, but is he? And this is why I'm featuring this because I've seen Jocko on a few things. What I, I sorry, I used to think about him. My my paralegal is a, a vet, a Marine, and he loves Jocko for like the motivation and all this pumping him up stuff. But I've heard Jocko before talk about the Milai massacre. And that his way of doing it was not your trying to skirt the issues as a military person or anything else. His thing then was really talking about uh, leadership and the, the, that whole fiasco and, and tragedy really uh, went down simply because of leadership, leadership not being the right people in charge and how important that is. And so anyway, I thought it was a fantastic uh, segment that I've heard him do. I've heard him on other podcasts and I think he's a good guy. So to me, I was like, hey, Scott Horton, the most you know prolific libertarian anti-war, I mean, he runs antiwar.com. Uh, guy out there, this will be an interesting podcast. And it's three hours and one minute, three hours, you know, almost three hours, two minutes long. Um, Jocko's uh, Daryl, I think is his co-host. He seems to be quite the, I think he's pretty libertarian. He knew about Dave Smith. He just was pulling these things out of his head. Um, Jocko says some amazing things in here. And I think you need to give it a listen. I think Jocko maybe doesn't agree with everything. He just didn't give any pushback. He just talked and let Scott and Scott just goes. And to some extent, I was hoping for a little bit more back and forth, honestly. Um, But Scott lays it out there. And for Jocko's military background and his military viewers and listeners, this was phenomenal. I just think it was a chance that you don't get often. And of course, Scott is amazing and blows it just out of the, out of the park. Um, so let's start in here. What I want to start, it's not on YouTube. So this is the way we're going to do it. And um, it's called The Unraveling with Jocko. And I thought we'd just play his intro here, kind of talking about some of the things. And then we will go. Um, so his uh, first bit, the intro. Let's go play it away, Jocko Wilnick. First interviews that I ever did, even before, it was actually before I did the Tim Ferriss interview. There was another interview that I did that was for a series about the war in Iraq. And I was asked in this interview, I was asked what it takes in war to win. And the answer, you can see this on the YouTube, if you want to go watch it, I say that it takes will, two kinds of will. The first is the will to kill. And when I said that on the actual interview, what I actually said didn't get put in here. I said it takes the will to kill. And this the, the series is a great series. And they did a great job with this, the, the whole, the whole, the way this particular show came out. It's an amazing job. But they edited something out that I said. Because I said you have to have the will to kill. And this is the part they edited out. I said not just the enemy. I said, you have to be willing and you have to have the will to kill civilians. Because if you go to war, civilians are going to die. That's what's going to happen. And despite your fantasies about things being surgical or things being precise, it's not true. And so when you go to war, it's a bloody mess and civilians are going to die. 
Okay, so I'm going to pop over to where, because he, he talks about this for a little bit, and then, and I'm just trying to get through some stuff here today with this, uh, but then he talks about um, kind of that willingness to, willingness to kill, and he gets into a little more detail here before he enters in Scott. So here we clip two. Willing to kill, and when we are going to die, when we are willing to die, and once again, I, I gave that caveat that when I say willing to kill, I'm not just talking about the enemy. I'm talking about you must be willing to kill innocent civilians as well, because that is what is going to happen. And if we go to war, we better be ready for our own soldiers to die, because that is what is going to happen. There's no other way. The nature of war is death. And, and so wrapped around that question of when should we go to war, those standards, if you apply those standards, the willingness to kill, not just the enemy, but innocence as well, and the willingness to die, to sacrifice our nation's children in the meat grinder of modern war, you would think if you apply those standards, it seems like war would almost never be justified. And I can tell you that most people that have been to combat will agree with that statement. And you okay, and there you go. Um, so now this thing is so vast. They talk about everything. They talk about Scott's book enough already. Uh, and uh, I'll come to the other one uh, here, the one about Afghanistan. Uh, but it's fascinating. They go through that. They talk about Russia and all this stuff. But I just thought it was interesting also to give some understanding of Jocko. He's trying hard. And uh, some setups that here that Scott Horton gives him. And the first one we're going to talk to he talks about here is um, capitalism and where he talks about some. And, and look, Scott did great because he talks to him when he when he has a chance to push him in that because you're talking to him probably more from the right. Uh, so when you have a chance to do that, do it. And and like this one, you're going to hear talking about some restrictions on capitalism, which I know Scott doesn't agree with. He just lets him go. But then he's able to come back to it later because you hear Jocko. He's got diverging points of view on that. So um, let's. Let's take it away uh, 18 minutes in or so. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm a Ron I, Paul guy. That's what I am. Yeah, I look at, the, I look at, you know, sort of like a free market scenario where, you know, everything that you're talking about, like, Daryl, you're right. Like these things, like we press out, but then we, the market corrects itself. And we say, hey, you know what? We can't get away with that there. And, the, you know, I think that the world, even this, even this world, this complex world, you know, um, my dad is a, is, a, is a conservative individual. I'd say he's probably even like a very conservative individual. But, you know, he's... He said to me many times that, hey, you know, the market does need controls. And when you look at the market, you're like, yeah, you know what? It kind of does need some controls. Otherwise, it it will be completely out of control. He said he's told me the same things about, you know, various aspects of the, the way things work socially. It's like, hey, if you just let this, if you just truly let the free market run in any of these situ a variety of situations, you'll end up with something that's not good. So that's kind of where I've ended up to is, you know, even when you look at the, the way things are happening in the world, I look at, okay, well. You know, hey, we're never going to do anything again. I mean, I don't think any of us would say that that's a smart thing. I don't know. Maybe you would, Scott, but um, I'd be for keeping the Russians from dominating Canada. <laughs> but I think Britain, France, and Germany could fight all of their own battles, and the Japanese do. Yeah. So I do think that. And there, and there's certain times where, you know, you end up in a situation where you look at it and you go, you know, maybe we should do something there, but what do we? And that goes back to the original question I poised, which is, do you want to have innocent or innocent civilians killed whatever you're talking about do those innocent civilians do they think it's worth the risk whatever you, you know do they are they so are they so oppressed 
that they would rather risk death than than continuing the the regime under whatever regime that they're in and and that's not an exact answer either because and, and we're not being asked that right now i mean well they, they think they are and they're saying the things like i'm willing to pay more gas and it's always the rich people that are you know willing to pay more gas um and the guy and the guy that's like i have clients i, I had a client uh you know we had a trial a few weeks ago and this poor guy um you know he's luckily is able to pay me but he shows up to trial um because it was in person with you know not uh, took a cab there and um when trial was over he's trying to make a phone call to you know get a ride home and i took him home and i felt bad felt bad uh, the whole situation for him but um that's just you know people are tough tough life going on okay let's go to the next one here uh this kind of jocko becomes an an and cap let's take it away Terry, iraq what do they have for military so you think listen to this the is, this is easy different then you also ideas from before. the fact that you did this first gulf war this first iraq war and you mop things up you took very small casualties most of more friendly fire you annihilated the enemy and you think to yourself hey i think we go minimum seven countries in five years you know that's and you don't have anybody naysaying and, and you get rid of people that might naysay or or give you the, the the opposite viewpoint and that's when we run into a problem and uh, you know this is again from my perspective from like a free market scenario this is now a monopoly you know you've that's got a monopoly right. here where where people are just hey, this is what we're going to do and there's no counter to that on the free market saying hey that's that's not a great idea here's what we need to do and then you even lose more of that free market because you've got the fervor of the american people and the and the voters that are saying hey but I, you know all I know is like three days ago, I was worried about my wife and kids and I was working my job and we just got attacked. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but we need to go kick somebody's ass. You guys just saw it. Jocko Willink becomes an anarcho-capitalist, <laughs> right? All right. So you <laughs> got to love Scott pulling that or that. Now, once again, uh, you know, you, you talk about the, what the Jocko said before. I think it's, it's you know, his dad's warning. Dad, that's that's a great conservative line. I've heard that many much myself. Oh, you know, the the unfettered capitalism, look what it did. It's, uh, you know, in the early 1900s. No, no, no. You look back, there's a lot of, try that without any government involvement and see if those, you know, you're going to have some pendulum swinging, of course, but it's, an, it's, you're not, you're not having that hermetically sealed in a vacuum type of analysis because the government is always weighing its, its pause in there. And, and, you know, he at least points it out in the, the right point, um, right scenario there. Okay. Is it too late to make a deal Putin predictions, Jocko, take it away. Oh, we got to share this one screen here. So we have two more clips from this interview. And by uh, and, and by the way, this clip is uh, two minutes, 45 in uh, this whole thing. It was just it took me days to get through this whole thing. And it was fantastic. Good deal. Look, you can't just say, hey, I, I want to make a deal now when you're on when you're on your heels. You don't get to make a deal anymore. You already gave up that opportunity. You gave up that opportunity when when Putin committed troops to doing the invasion. You already gave up the opportunity because he's committed now. So you have to come back and say, all right, stop. We got you. I understand. I, I, I respect what you're trying to do. Let's, let's stop. Get back over here. And I think there's deals you could work out. I mean, I think that the Donbass, who is mostly Russian people who voted to be a part of Russia. Cool. Let's figure that out. Let's figure out, let's figure out Crimea. Let's figure out the rest of the deal and let's make a deal. But we're, we're too arrogant to get into that mode. And we think that people aren't going to do things. I mean, look, if we didn't predict, a bunch of people didn't think that Putin would actually do this. And now the same people are like, well, he wouldn't ever use nukes. How do you know that? You yeah. don't know that. Yeah, especially considering like, you know, you got to imagine like there's, there's two options, right? And one of them we're hearing in the news. Uh, the other one's the true one most likely is that, like Putin knew when he did this, all the Russian leadership knew their hell was going to come down on Russia economically and everything else. The costs were going to be astronomical. And so either he's lost his mind, like we're seeing on the news right mm -hmm. now, or 
they felt so back into a corner that they were like, what else are we supposed to do? It's clearly the latter. It's absolutely the latter. And they, okay. We are not going to go anymore. That one, I think that we have uh, just one more clip here. And this is just a final closing. And, uh, you know, I was always con uh, interested in to see how uh, Jocko might actually take this from the close uh, to, to see, you know, what are you going to say about Scott? And he's like, you know, we may not agree, da, 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 but I actually it was very, very good what he said there. So um, once again, uh, right in the last two minutes here of the podcast itself, this is Jocko just talking about kind of where he at, uh, at politically. Well, I'm sure we could go on like this for a very long time. Let's talk about North Korea. No, that's time. not. Maybe we'll do that one next time. We'll good place to wrap up. Uh, Scott, thanks for joining us. I, I know if people want to follow you, you're on you're on Twitter Absolutely. at Scott Horton Show. You have a YouTube channel. That's right, Scott Horton Show. That's, that's Scott Horton Show. You're the director at the libertarianinstitute.org. That's right. Uh, you're the there. director at antiwar.com. That's right. Your books, Enough Already and Fool's Errand. And you also have one called The Great Ron Paul. That's and right. you've got a website, scotthorton.org. So thanks for making the trip out here uh, to discuss this stuff. Clearly, uh, I like to hear a bunch of different perspectives on everything. I try and keep an open mind. Like when I'm sitting here talking about you got to question your decisions and you got to question the way you think, I literally try and do that all the time. And so that's I appreciate you coming out here and sharing your perspective. Did I succeed in turning into Ron Paul? Uh, well, I've always been a Ron Paul fan. So you know, right. that, that didn't wow. take that's much pretty effort. good. That didn't take much. Effort. All right. I'll settle. Uh, now that is cool to hear. Right. I mean, you know, tearing up. No, I mean, what a great job. First of all, going into there, I was just so interested in to see how this, uh, you know, this podcast went. But uh, once again, <laughs> Jocko says at the end, I want to hear, you know, differing points of view. And it was evident. He let him have the floor did not, you know, it was, it was fantastic. I, like I said, I would like to see if Jocko does disbelieve, you know, doesn't believe everything there, that there would be a little bit more back and forth and you would be able to have a little, you know, a little bit different than that. You know, and part of it too was like, we're just, it, it really was my fault. Like he was saying, you know, you go into a war like Iraq and you just don't have the information to do the right yeah. thing. Like I could have just picked that up and agreed with him and ran with that all different ways. But instead, I go, nuh-uh, really, they did have all the information. A lot of people did know better, and all the people who did know better and warned were ignored and all this, which is true. But, like, no, really, I, what I could have said was, look, even the critics didn't really understand the balance of power between Dawa and Skiri and Sadr and the Fadala movement down there in Basra. Never even mind the Sunnis and the Kurds. Now we're just talking about the four major power factions among the Shiites. You think anyone at the State Department, the CIA, really understood that stuff? No, they really didn't. So in other words, no, Jocko was right. And I should have just goddamn agreed with him and talked about that some more instead of saying, nuh-uh, because some people did know better and warned. Because really, even the people who did know better and warned, they were not, there were very few, maybe Ramonda was the only one who said, uh-oh, watch out for the Supreme Council for Islamic Revolution in Iraq and their leader, Abdulaziz al-Hakim, right? Nobody knew who that was, or very, very few people. There were people who were warning, saying, we don't know what kind of forces we might unleash from Pandora's box. But as far as like really calling it, very few like knew the real detail. So in other words, like here I am, He's like handing me like total agreement on a golden platter, as the Saudi kings would say. And I'm like batting it away and finding a way to argue with him anyway, instead <laughs> of like really elaborating on how smart he is, because he really was making an absolutely correct point. And this is what Hayek calls the information problem, which is why 
even for utilitarian reasons. If you believe in the good of humanity at all, you have to have open free markets because central planning can't have, it just is not possible for them to have enough information to make the decisions about what prices should be and what resources should be distributed in which directions. The social you need markets and prices to do that. And same reason why militarism doesn't work because yeah. militarism is telling Tommy Franks, go ahead and make Iraq the way I want it to be for me, Tommy. And then he doesn't know the first thing about doing that. All he can do is wreck it. Uh, Scott, where can people find you? What, what, what do you have coming up? Uh, throw your plugs out here and then we'll head out. Yeah, man. I'm uh, scotthorton.org for the show. And that's um, iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and all those things for the Scott Horton show. Uh, 5,700 something interviews going back to 2003 for you there, which might be a world record. I don't know. Um, Take that. And that's all at youtube.com slash Scott Horton show and at odyssey.com slash something slash Scott Horton show, however that works. Um, and then I'm the editorial director of antiwar.com. I'm the director of the Libertarian Institute. And I wrote four books. Fool's Errand, Enough Already, The Great Ron Paul, and the brand new one is Hotter Than the Sun, Time to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. And all that is available at scotthorton.org slash books. <laughs>